And good morning and welcome to Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch. I am your host, Pat Donovan, as always, on 8 May, the 2022. We're almost halfway through the year, and uh, it is Sunday morning. And uh, let's get into our weather and some housekeeping. It'll be uh, cloudy with rain and little snow showers early, changing to mainly rain in the afternoon. High 47. Winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 50%. Uh, rain showers in the evening with precipitation turning to a mixture of rain and snow overnight. Low 37. Winds light and variable about 80%. The moon rose, the, the, I'm sorry, the sun rose this morning at 5.35 a.m. and will set at 8.32 p.m. The moon will rise at 8.11.35 a.m. this morning and will set at 2.53 a.m. with a first quarter. Uh, the rest of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all rain roughly 30 to about 80%. Uh, reverse order, 80, 57, 37, 40, 41, 38 percent chance of rain. And it's going to be uh, cold. Um, 46 on Monday, 49 uh, high on Tuesday, 51, 52, 50, 53, and then 60. Wow, we get the 60s, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, and 90, 19th of the month, halfway through. Remember, Memorial Day is coming up at the end of this month. 30th will be on a Monday, and uh, that is when we uh, memorialize our people that have fought in all kinds of wars, and um, especially those that have uh, given, given their ultimate sacrifice. Let's get into our um, first set of music. Here is Nightclub's 1960 is what they have by Al Dimiola. Garden Party by Herb Alpert, uh, Puerto Banas by Paul Hardcastle, and High Def by Tim Bowman. Right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch, KSVU 90.1 FM in Concrete, Washington. Thank you. 
You know, one of the lessons that I grew up with was to always stay true to yourself and never let what someone else says distract you from your goals. Now, I didn't say that. Michelle Obama did. And I think that's very wise advice. Uh, scientists make a breakthrough stopping the spread of cancer by repurposing drugs used for other illnesses. This is amazing stuff because I see that they have found a cure for diabetes with, believe it or not, ultrasound. Yeah. And there's new mRNA stuff that's coming out that is finding cures for rheumatoid arthritis and other things. What if this, and I know this is bad, but what if COVID has taught us something and moved us ahead and yet, yes, there have been 14 million people that have lost their lives. God bless them all. But what if, you know, humanity is evolving and moving forward? And it's just a shame that we've lost all those people. But you never know. The treatment of cancer could be revolutionized by the discovery that existing drugs used to treat depression and heart disease could reverse key changes in cancer cells that are associated with their ability to spread. Metastasis, the ability of a cancer cell to spread to other parts of the body, is notoriously difficult to treat and is the leading cause of death, meaning that early diagnosis and treatment are vital. Cancer starts when certain changes take place within genes inside the nucleus of a cell, the cell's command center from which contains the DNA. When examined under a microscope, cancer cells look abnormal. And for over 150 years, scientists have used changes in the size of the cell's nucleus to diagnose cancer and its severity. In many types of cancer, these size changes are linked to increased metastasis and the ability of cancer cells to spread, reducing the chances of survival. Yet, few treatments specifically target metastasis. To tackle this, researchers at the University of Edinburgh, Montreal, and Eastern Finland screened drugs in the lab that reverse nucleus size changes in cells from three cancers which were prostate, colon, and lung, two of which killed my uncle and my dad. And the existing drugs, the screen, identified many existing cancer drugs, but also uncovered drugs not previously used to treat cancer, including those used for depression, heart disease, and killing parasitic worms. Yeah, really, believe it or not. While each drug identified needs to be tested further, to check if it's effective and reducing metastasis in cancer patients, the screen identified over a dozen drugs that may prove effective for each of the three cancers noted. There you can read more about this fantastic um, breakthrough right here on goodnewsnetwork.org where I get all the great news. I uh, just want to get you the information that fly-in is going to be happening in concrete on July 16th, which is the big day Saturday after a two-year hiatus due to COVID. And I'll be on the runway, not literally on the runway, but, you know, playing music there. There'll be food trucks and lots of people. And then I'll be doing the uh, Concrete Youth Day on the 14th of July over at the Silo Park. And then we'll be doing Cascades Day in August. So it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Uh, it's good. I did Cascades Day last year, and let me tell you, it was nice to get out. My mom had come to visit, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. So it's going to be nice to go ahead and play some music, raise money for KSVU as we are a nonprofit. And, and, and uh, you know, please go to ksvu.org, and we're going to be putting up a news site, ksvuradio.org, in a little bit of time. Here's Firefly by Greg Adams, who I met in Los Angeles when I was out there, actually San Francisco. He was with Tower of Power and Natural Elements by Acoustic Alchemy and Greg Chiquiso. And Can You Stop the Rain by Grover Washington Jr. right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch.
Isn't that beautiful? That's the late Grover Washington Jr. Yes, uh, Grover Washington Jr. was an American jazz funk and soul jazz saxophonist along with Wes Montgomery and George Benson. Uh, of George is the only one that's alive of those three. He is considered by many to be one of the founders of the smooth jazz genre. He wrote some of his material and would later become an arranger and producer. He was born December 12, 1943, and died shortly after his 56th birthday on December 17, 1999 at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York and in an emergency, part, emergency department entrance. A great musician, fantastic, and uh, a great loss to the smooth jazz and um, music community, actually. Let's get into a, one of our other stories, if we would. And um, let me see here. Prehistoric women were also hunters and artists, says new documentary hailing these multi-talented moms. A new book and accompanying documentary compiles fascinating and recently collected evidence on the wide variety of Paleolithic women got up to. Uh, A wide variety of work that Paleolithic women got up to. Um, Lady Sapiens, the women in prehistory, focuses on a period in the upper Paleolithic or about 10,000 to 40,000 BCE and examines etchings and archaeological findings from Peru, Germany, and the United States and Italy. Lead author Jennifer Kerner shows that women were not just foraging but also hunting. They were not only caring for their children but were also building shelters and traps and making art. The opening of the documentary focuses on a site in Willamaya, Paxjata, I think I've got this all wrong, in Peru, where a young woman not even 20 years of age was placed in a grave alongside hunting tools, which included projectile points, hide scrapers, and flint knife, the Paleolithic equivalent to most modern Hoyt archery tackle. It's not such a surprise that women were involved in greater variety of tasks than has been previously suggested. Living off the land is anything but simple and can be challenging even in the richest of environments. Cooperation between all the people of the community where both sexes were taking on vital tasks would have helped lead to human flourishing. You can read more about um, Lady Sapiens and see the documentary. I don't know where it's going to be at, but I think it's going to be, well, I got it on YouTube, but um, anyway, look for Lady Sapiens. You can Google it, and you can go to goodnewsnetwork.org, and you can see the uh, picture of a woman who has got gray hair. I think it's white because of what they made her look like, and she's looking at you, and uh, you can read more about this great story. Let's get into our last set of music for our first hour. Here is As You're Dreaming by Greg Karukas. For the Love in Your Eyes by Gerald Damian. And Happy Hour featuring Michael Foreman and Chuck Loeb right on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch.
And we're back with our second half of Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch on KSVU 90.1 FM in Concrete, Washington, where the rain is always wet and the snow is always wet. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm having some ice cream with some uh, Cool Whip. That's uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that on air. That's we're a nonprofit. Uh, we're having whipped cream. How's that? Uh, that is sugar-free. That's okay. And strawberry jam that I made using fruit pectin, real strawberries, and um, some sugar, like five cups worth of sugar, <laughs> and a lot of strawberries. And I had too much water, so I made uh, jelly out of it because I had leftovers. So anyway, so yeah, it's really good. Oh my gosh, it's so sweet. Anyway, let's get into our music so I can eat my ice cream. Um the Light of the Day by James P.J. Spragans. Sexual Healing by Jason Miles. Ain't No One Like the One I Got by Jeff Gullib. And Love You Forever by Blair Bryant. Right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Strawberry Brunch.
We're back after my ice cream, ice cream eating frenzy and dripping some on my T-shirt, you know. <clears throat> anyway, it's called a clothing curse, if you're not familiar with that. It does happen quite frequently to people my age. <coughs> they, that's why they give us bibs. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> so let's get into this next story here. It's called Scientists Discover Origin of Splendid Dunes. On Jupiter's icy moon. Scientists have long wondered how Jupiter's innermost moon, Io, or Io, has meandering ridges as grand as that can be seen in movies like Dune. Now, a Rutgers research study has provided a new explanation of how dunes can form even on a surface as icy as rolling as uh, Io's. The research is based on a study of the physical processes controlling the grain motion coupled with the analysis of images from the 14-year mission of NASA's Galileo spacecraft, which allowed the creation of the first detailed maps of Jupiter's moons. The new study is expected to expand our scientific understanding of the geological features on these planet-like worlds. Our studies point to the possibility of EO as a new dune world, said the first author, uh, George McDonald, a postdoctoral researcher at Rutgers Earth and Planetary Sciences Department. We have proposed and quantitatively tested a mechanism by which sand grains can move and turn dunes, in turn dunes could be forming there. Current scientific understanding dictates that dunes by their nature are hills or ridges of piled up sand by the wind. And scientists in previous studies of EO, while describing its surface as containing some dune-like features, concluded the ridges could not be doomed since the forces from winds on Io are weak due to the moon's low-density atmosphere. This work tells us that the environments in which dunes are formed are considerably more varied than the classical, endless desert landscapes on parts of Earth or on the fictional planet Arrakis in Dune, McDonald said. The Galileo mission, which lasted from 89 to 2003, logged so many scientific firsts 
that researchers to this day are still studying the data it collected. One of the major insights gleaned from the data was the high extent of volcanic activity on Io, so much so that its volcanoes repeatedly and rapidly resurface the little world. You can read more about the rest of this fantastic discovery of Arrakis, I mean Io, excuse me, (laughs) on goodnewsnetwork.org. Let's get into our next set of music. Here's Love You Forever by Blair Bryant, Um, Reglify by Huge Groove, Twilight Trumpet by Jazzy James Jr. and Zephyr by Kayla Waters right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch.
that cut off fast. It was supposed to fade out. Oh, darn. Oh, well, that happens. You know, that's the way things are <clears throat> in the radio world. Well, here's a story for you. No Mow May gives you a reason to not mow the lawn. Leave the weeds to feed the bees. <laughs> Backyard bee conservation is all the buzz these days with people planting native pollinator gardens, installing bee houses, and participating in citizen science endeavors to monitor local bee populations. Lord knows we have a bee pollinator problem. We are losing them. And for good reason. In North America, a quarter of our native bee species are at risk of extinction. That's not good for the bees, and it's not good for us. Bees pollinate 35% of our global food supply, and many of the wild plants our ecosystems depend on. Simply put, a world without bees would be a shadow of its former ecological self. Enter Nomo May a movement that began in the United Kingdom and is now rapidly spreading throughout the United States thanks to Bee City USA, a 10-year-old initiative of the Xerces Society, a nonprofit that labors to conserve invertebrates and thus biodiversity. Nomo May's uh, popularity lies in its simplicity. Just give the bees a leg up during the crucial springtime by crossing a chore off your list and letting your lawn grow for a month of May. This lets the lawn flowers, such as dandelions, clover, violets, bloom, at a time when bead food source is scarce. If you don't mow your lawn for three to four weeks, you're going to see increases in flowers, which translates to increases in abundance and biodiversity of bees, <clears throat> explains Dr. Israel Del Toro an assistant at, professor at Lawrence University and one of the originators of the U.S. version of Nomo May. A conservation photographer who recently began documenting Nomo May's spread in my home state of Wisconsin, I've learned, that's not my home, I'm reading this, I've learned some important lessons about participating in Nomo May. Here's how to do it right for the bees, for your lawn, and for you. Lawns grow fast and long in the spring. Believe me, my grass is long. Here in Wisconsin, some of the Nomo Maze participant lawns topped out at almost a foot tall. Not everyone will appreciate your long grass or your carpet of dandelions, which some see as a counter to long-held notions of the prim and proper American lawn. To avoid misunderstandings, talk to your neighbor, talk to your community, Get the word out, and if you live, God forsaken, in a um, homeowner's association, you won't be able to do this. <laughs> and you're going to have to let them know why you're doing it, what you're doing, and generally you'll find a lot of good allies, except, of course, the homeowner's association. <laughs> Yard signs are also helpful for informing others um, because they'll know that your wild lawn means that you're helping the bees and not a neglectful homeowner, especially to the Homeowners Association. Many communities that adopt Nomo May, such as Appleton, Wisconsin, Edina, Minnesota, provide free yard signs. You can also obtain free print-at-home yard signage from the Xerces Society. Xerces is spelled X-E-R-C-E-S, Xerces. Yes, X sounds like Z, except for Xerox, which that's still, yeah, forget it. <laughs> X-ray, there's one for you, <laughs> where X sounds like X. 
Be mindful of grass height rules. In many communities, Erica and the Homeowners Association will step in. Grass height is limited to 8 or 10 inches, but those that have adopted NOMO May will suspend enforcement of these restrictions for a month. Yes, sure. If this is the case in your community, make sure to cut your grass at the end of the month. Mike Wiesa, mayor of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, told me that NOMO May went well in his community, in part because residents were prompt about cutting their grass by the end of May. Well, we're not at the end of May yet. We're at the beginning of May. This must have been last year. If they hadn't, Weeza said, we could have caused all sorts of problems with the Homeowners Association. Anyway, unsure whether your community has adopted a no-mo May? Call your city or Homeowners Association. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. To determine what rules are in place. If your community hasn't adopted no-mo May... Uh, but you still want to participate, try laying off the lawn more until your grass reaches the community's maximum allowed height or you are certified and ticketed by the Homeowners Association. This will allow flowers to bloom for at least a little while before the Homeowners Association police comes in and finds you. You get the idea of how this all works, don't you? <laughs> I am lucky. I live in an acre of property and I don't have a Homeowners Association to step in and find me. So you get the idea how this works. Okay? There we go. Let's get into our last set of music, shall we? I may interrupt, but that's okay. There's 17 minutes and 30 seconds on top of the 42 minutes I have, which is going to be a little bit longer than I want, but hey, who cares? There's no homeowner association to stop me from fading out the song at the end. <laughs> Here we go. Unconditional. Kirk Whalem. Rain Watching WI by Acoustic Alchemy. Surfboard by Antonio Carlos Yobim. And Go! Live at the Capitol Records Studio by Brian Culberson right here on Smooth Jazz. No Homeowners Association. Sunday Brunch.
And that brings us to the end of another fantastic Non-Homeowners Association show. Yes, I do pride myself in that. No, thank you very much for joining us today. I hope you have a great Sunday. And I hope that uh, your week is going to be even better. Remember, no more mo, no more may. <laughs> I'll get it. No more money. That's the one. And don't mow your lawn. Save the bees. You get me? All right. You take care. Have a great uh, upcoming week. We'll see you next week right here on the radio. Mm-hmm.